All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss a horror movie of today's episode. Today's episode is going to be the 2021 fifth Purge movie, the forever, but not final, Purge. Um, which uh, is the latest installment of the series. Before we get to that, though, Andrew, how we doing today? How is life here when we're recording in August? You know, it's, it's pretty, going pretty good. Today's actually my mom's birthday, so I'm going to celebrate that with her uh, later, um, which is pretty great. And I, I know that everyone wants to hear about Alien and Predator and where we are in that right now. And other than Alien... Yes, let's do our Alien Predator watch. Like, other than Alien Fireteam coming out pretty soon, uh, I think at the end of the month, which is going to be really exciting... Um, Alien 3, William Gibson's original script novelization is coming out at the end of the month as well. So anybody who needs to know about that, just saying. Pretty good stuff coming out in the uh, in the ether. In addition to more news about the Predator Skulls movie, which people are angry about. Speaking of horror video games, uh, I heard you tried out the Back for Blood beta. Oh, and yeah. And that was pretty good. It's it's just Left for Dead. It's literally just Left for Dead, except there's some like uh, more objectives, which is great. I think... like. It, I think it's a little bit harder, and I think that the uh, the special is a little harder because these guys have like target spots. So you know, before you could like shoot a hunter anywhere, or shoot a boomer anywhere, and blow them up pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, it's not as easy. You have to like aim at their weak spots. Um, so it, you know, it, it's it's bringing back those great Left 4 Dead vibes. I think it has some life in it. Um, I'm curious to see what they do. I think they need to work on the verses a little bit. But it's, it's if you liked uh, Left 4 Dead, I think it's a great game. Yeah, the only thing I'm really concerned about that is based on their prior experience with. Um evolve they really just it was out the ass with microtransactions over and over again and it seems like they're kind of leaning towards that as well this time so i hope the game does come out i hope it's good and i hope they don't include a whole bunch of microtransactions that you need to do to play very very well but I don't beyond th- that uh yeah i don't think you will it, it's it's very much left for dead at least from what i'm seeing it's very for like you can kind of buy guns and stuff, but there is a, it's like a whole card system where you have cards to put down for perks and you kind of get random draws. So I don't see the economy or like the, the use of microtransactions being really effective unless they're going to like release levels based on that or something. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could see it. Like, assuming that everything in the game, the way I played it, is the free version without any microtransactions that they're maybe putting in for free currently. Um, it seems like it's perfectly playable. Cool. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'll definitely have to check that out. Unfortunately, I have been driving back and forth between Richmond for the past four weeks, and then I'm going to Nebraska this week. Hey, Andrew, what's there in Nebraska? Nothing? I don't fucking know either. <laughs> I was like, should I? I'm sorry if we... Should I know? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry if we have any friends from Nebraska. I have only been to Nebraska once. That was right after we got back from Korea. Um where I bought a car off my brother who lived in Denver at the time, and I lived in Chicago before I figured out where I wanted to go next. And I flew out to Denver, bought his car, and then drove it all the way back to Chicago and passed through Nebraska. And 
the, the, the hours that I spent, it was a 16-hour drive total, and the hours to Nebraska were the absolute worst because it's just all flat land the whole time. I would drive. The scenery would not change for like four hours. The highlight was when I was driving through Omaha, um, I saw three billboards right after each other, and it was just like FarmersOnly.com, NebraskaSingles.com, and get STD tested today. All three of those billboards right in a row right after each other. That sounds really like a great place to be. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited about that. So that'll be that, but thankfully I'm on vacation the following week, and I have a whole bunch of computer upgrades I want to do and stuff around the house I want to do, so that's that. And I have interviewed for a couple of positions as well that I'm waiting to get a call back on. You know, the, the usual good stuff. Anyway, um, yeah. So let's get into the Forever Purge. So, Andrew, what is your history with the Purge series? Uh, so I think it's, I, I, it sounds like you and I have different experiences. So I've seen them all. Um, I only recently saw the first Purge, and I don't mean the first movie, but like the, the fourth movie called The First Purge. Um, but I, I've watched the other ones as they came out. I saw the first one in theaters uh, with uh, our guy, Ethan Hawke, the first one with Ethan Hawke. I saw mm-hmm. that one in theaters. Um, the other two I just kind of watched as they came out. Um, but I, I, I think the movies aren't, are never good. Um, but I think that as a lot of people probably agree, the premise is really interesting and I just wish they did more with it. Um, I, I do think the first one, the first actual purge and the first purge are probably the two best of the series in my opinion. Um, okay. So, so, so the, the, the first movie and the fourth movie titled the first purge yes. are the good ones. I, in my, okay, in my opinion, gotcha. I think that there is definitely... The, I think it's Lou Ferrigno. No, that's not Lou Ferrigno. Who it is? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name is. But um, the second and the third kind of both follow the same character, which is cool. There's a continuity between these two characters, uh, between this guy, character. And I do think it has some really cool action scenes. They just don't stand out to me. They just feel like a bunch of violence. But I will say mm-hmm. there, there are the two that have feel like there is a main character going through something. So, you know, maybe maybe I'll, I'll just say that the fifth one's terrible and the other ones are all okay. <laughs> Uh, very different degrees of okay definitely but would you say like this series is worth getting into or is it just one of those where just the concept is interesting but it always leaves you a little bit disappointed at the end i'd say the first one is worth getting into because it it, like i think the first one the the first one's confined to a house while the other movies are all kind of take place over the span of a city and stuff so the first one works as the home invasion film and i think that's where there's some stakes in it but then the later films just kind of introduce a bunch of cast of characters and just becomes going around and seeing different things, like almost like a, a Saw franchise in terms of trying to see the interesting kills and stuff. That's what goes on, except, mm-hmm. you know, disappointing and not as cool kills. But it, it, so those are kind of more action movies. So I think the first one's worth seeing as like a concept of an old invasion film. But yeah, past that, you're not really missing out on much. You get the con. I think, I think the first one explores the concept in an interesting way. While the other ones, which I think is cool, the other ones go more in political area, a kind of a political uh, commentary, I think is great. But it's just, I just think that it's mm-hmm. it's also, it goes more political, but also more generic action movie. So, Gotcha. Yeah, and the whole thing behind The Purge is, in the in-movie Purge universe, this idea of The Purge, which if you've been living in Iraq and you haven't heard of these movies, basically the concept is that there's, a single day a year, a 12-hour period, 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., where all 
law is banished. Everything is legal. You can murder, steal, do whatever you want, and no one's going to come back and uh, criticize you or arrest you for it. So generally, it revolves around roping bands of people going around and murdering and doing whatever they want. Um, and then it deals with the people in that front. And the in-universe way of explaining it initially is just everyone needs to get out their frustration. There needs to be a time to, you know, let that all out. But it's slowly revealed throughout the series, and I just learned this through osmosis, is that it's kind of a way for the upper class to curl the uh, lower classes in terms of thinning their numbers, having them kill each other. And I think... I remember hearing something in one of the movies where there's actually a scene where, like, they find out that people were not killing each other as much, and they actually came on in and inspired people to kill each other some more. So murder was very, very heavily put forward. Yeah. So, um, is that true as well? Yeah, and that's actually so that's that's all happens in, in the in the movie The First Purge, and I think that's why it's one of the interesting ones is because basically with that, the way that they say the purge starts out is that. Um, the founding fathers, or the fuck this stupid name is. That's a that's one of the biggest issues. With this is the name of these people. But basically, they they promote this. I think it's on um, what's the island in New York, Manhattan. What's the island? Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. So originally, it was a experiment on Long Island, and it was basically this community. Uh, you know, again, there's like, there are a lot of it's an impoverished area, and it basically said like we're gonna try out the purge here. These scientists th- learned about it, and we're like, oh man, like maybe getting out this need to purge will help people. Yada, yada, yada. So they set up this experiment in Long Island in the section in this area. And what they did is they actually paid people. They said, hey, if you stay there, we'll give you money to stay there during the purge. Um, and we're just going to observe you. We're going to give you, like, contact lenses. We're going to put cameras in places. We're going to observe and see what happens, see if people do it, and, you know, see if it affects anything. And, yeah, and, and so in their first experiment, uh, they kind of realized that it didn't. it's not working. I think it's um the woman for The Conjuring's in it. I think she might be uh, uh, the one who plays uh, Lorraine Warren. I think uh, mm-hmm. she's she's one of the people. She's the scientist, and in the, in the movie they find out that basically people aren't doing it. People have parties and stuff. People you know celebrate and like oh you know freedom, but like people aren't actually committing real crime. Like if they are, it's not violent crime. Um, there's like one guy is kind of committing violent crime, but a lot of people. And the kind of thing, interesting thing in the movie is a lot of people don't want to, and even like the crime affiliated people, like the you know the people who are like in the gangs, are actually more kind of like now let's sit this out. You know, we'll kind of they actually become more enforcers of trying to stop crime from happening. Uh, but then when the new founding fathers, the people are like, wow, this experiment's failing, but you know, we want it to look like it's, it's right. They send in basically a bunch of like proud boys essentially in there. And like, they start <laughs> starting up fights and stuff. And that's, that's what happens. And so at the end of the, uh, the night, they, they say that, Hey, it worked out. They're like, Oh man, the purge is so good. Lots of killing, lots of that. But in reality, it was something that was definitely spurred on by like very few people. And it was definitely these militant groups that were starting it up. So I thought that was an I think that was an interesting concept to show, that, like because I think part of what the Persian movie does so weird and I don't like it is that it does paint everybody as assholes. Like you and I were talking about this before we started recording that like every Persian movie there's like oh murder 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 when like it's everything's legal so theoretically people wouldn't just be murdering each other they'd be doing other legal shit. But like mm-hmm. in every Purge movie and that's always that's why I kind of like the first and the original the most. Because they don't do this as much, but all the other ones just highlight how people are like fucking insane and like how they have murder trucks and they have infinite guns and they set these traps. And I'm like, wow, you. And they dress up in these really super gaudy outfits and everything. Dude, and... their outfits are so fucking. And the fucking outfits in this one, oh my god, like fucking bullet, <laughs> bullet teeth, like 
clever idea, but what the fuck are you doing? But like that's uh-huh. that's what gets me about these movies. It's like the the purge world they live in is so fucking weird. Um, and every every movie they try to do this, like that the weird masks with like the neon threaded lines and stuff, like it, it just looks dumb as fuck. Um, but yeah, no, so that, that yeah, but yeah, that's that's how it started out in the canon. And there is this group called the New Founding Fathers who uh, I guess are a political party that thought this was a great idea. Um, I, I think that the in the inner canon of the political world that this uh, exists in is really interesting because there's a lot of things like that. The New Founding Fathers are just like, what exactly are they? And all we basically know is they're like a far, I, I'm assuming far right group based on the groups that we meet who are against them. Um, but like, but not and not not to offend the right. This is obviously not an actual right group. This is not anything that would actually exist. They are a like extremist group, um, but atypically very associated with conservative views based on what we see in the mm-hmm. series. Um, but yeah, and and there's definitely a lot of big proud boy vibes from this, and especially after the attack on the Capitol on um, January sixth. Yeah, that there's. It seems like this series has kind of leaned into this, especially with this particular movie, The Forever Purge, mm-hmm. um, in terms of capitalizing on that uh, movements in America. <laughs> and this was actually an interesting point I brought up when I was talking to my girlfriend about this movie, and in terms of, hey, this is the next one we're going to review. Um, some people may feel emboldened by this particular movie especially, you know, that subset of people, the, the Proud Boys who, you know, attack the Capitol and all that. Um, it, it's definitely one of those cases where horror movies can be, or just movies in general can be mistreated or misinterpreted as, instead of a cautionary table, an actual propaganda piece. Like, you know, on Wolf on Wall Street, um, after that one came out, Martin Scorsese, I think it was Scorsese, right? Is yeah, Wolf on Wall I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he was saying he was supposed to be a cautionary tale of, you know, what happened to Jordan Belfort and, um, you know, how it was terrible what he did. But so many banker bros got into the habit of just saying, well, that movie's awesome. He's fucking so many women and doing so much coke and making so much money. I want to be just like him. And Martin Scorsese apparently was really upset about it because it was like, no, that's not the message at all. And when I was watching this movie, I could definitely see some aspects or some scenes of, you know, possibly those Proud Boys being like, oh man, these perjurers are so fucking cool. I want to be just like them. And obviously that's a gross exaggeration, but I definitely think there is some truth to it. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I I, I think especially in this movie, like that is definitely a thing because they're, the, the thing to remember about this movie too is, is this, this is an interesting uh, thing as well because this is a movie that takes place. Um, so at the end of the the final purge or the last purge, can't remember what that one's called. Basically, the plot of that one is uh, the main character from the second one. This guy he ends up becoming part of a detail to basically protect a senator who's running to become president, who basically is going to get rid of the purge. So that that's what that movie's about. And that and this movie takes place eight years after. So after her candidacy, after her presidency is over, the founding father group or whatever the fuck they are takes over again. Uh, and then, and then that, and that, which brings back this fervor and this purge, and and you know, and I I completely agree with that I think that this I the I think part of the story here is this idea that these people, who you know, a lot of people maybe weren't part of the purge to begin with, and kind of whatever, like get absorbed in this mentality and like become obsessed with the idea of purging, quote unquote, and like that the analogy of people who like you know get emboldened by freer political, I don't know, what, what would you call it the 
more recent climate of accepting certain views, I think is reflected in the bring back of the purge. Essentially, it brought back people's ability to kind of be a little bit more free. And I think that is definitely commentary on what how the political system changed recently. Uh, I think being emboldened is the best way to describe the political situation, because there's always been a subset of America who's just always thought that. But after Trump got elected and, you know, those discussions were being brought onto the open, I feel a lot of people were emboldened to actually go ahead and say what they were actually thinking, the shitty ideals that they were actually thinking, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, obviously, fuck those people. But that's that. And I think it's important too, to, to put, point out, like, as, as we were talking uh, about this film is, this one takes a very different stance than the others in the sense of who it focuses on. Because I think the first one really really focuses on this idea of these rich people who, who we don't really see the purge happening outside very much. It's just this idea of the purge happening. And they can kind of, this idea that these people, in this case, the, the heroes more or less, are this rich family who do, who's separated from the purge, who lives in a gated community, who doesn't have to experience it. And the big kind of moral quandary is what happens when it comes to your door. So the first one is mm -hmm. a guy is running for his life and these teens who are out purging and living their lives come after him. This is our right to kill him. This is the purge. You can't stop this. And it's it's Ethan Hawke, much like in Daybreakers, is a character who is very much part of the system. He creates these. He profits off of these homes, these safe homes that are purge-proof, essentially, and him having to confront what his company is profiting off of. And then the second one is, is all about uh, kind of families who are at risk and, again, how... These people who are, you know, have to make a living, who own a, I think the second one follows this family who owns a shop and how like every night the purge happens, their shop gets fucking trashed. And so like their life gets destroyed by this night again, who, which is profits more for kind of rich people. You think, um, you know, they either profit from having higher weapons or they profit from being safe. And they even kind of go into this idea of this man who um, offers himself up to rich people who basically he goes, he you know, he's given a check, sends a check to his family in return for him going to get murdered by these rich people who don't want to take the risk of going outside but still want to murder someone, essentially. So so that's, I think, a lot of good classism going on. Um, and that's, I think those are the parts that where this series does the best. Um, but this movie is very just much focused... world building. Exactly, yeah. It, it, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, the world building just behind it. The, in terms of this concept, I'm sorry for interrupting no. you, but this, the one thing that always really interested me about the Purge films, and this is one of those things where I like reading about it more than actually watching the movies, is how does the lower class deal with this? How does the upper class deal with this? How does, how do the homeless deal with this? Um, just this is one aspect in terms of a wrench that's been tossed into society. And I do like the aspect of just kind of looking around and seeing how different people look at it. And what's, that's one of the things we were talking about beforehand and one of the common criticisms of these Purge movies is it always seems to focus on murder. It always seems to focus on people becoming completely unhinged, joining Mad Max, roving gangs, and going out and killing a whole bunch of people. Whereas that's only one crime. You know, what about the people who steal from banks? What about the people who commit some sort of uh, libel or slandal? What about the people who, you know, um, steal rival ideas from another company or, you know, kidnap and torture and try and extract information from there as well? Like, there's so many other crimes. Um, what about the people who remove the sticker from the mattress? You know, shit like that. So, <laughs> well, actually, well, then... and they, it, these movies don't really dwell too deep into it although i did hear that the uh, tv show really dwells deep into a couple of those as well but that's something that's always kind of disappointed me and i'm sorry go ahead man well first off i want to say uh, you the way you say 12 isn't, isn't it delve 12 delve isn't it there's there's delve there's no, there's no w know. in there okay anyway <laughs> 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 it sounds like all the time podcast and i'm always just like i used he, to teach english he's saying 12 <laughs> uh 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, one thing that I found really interesting too, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm surprised at how much we're talking about the because I think overall, I think this movie politically is kind of like interesting, like not great. But another interesting thing is, uh, I think in one of the movies they even talk about people coming to America to participate in the purge. And it's very much a, like, what an American thing, what an American concept. <laughs> and the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, actually, what a good point other countries. Like, what an American concept. Like, what, what a, like, a rich gun-owning concept of, like, we're going to have murder night. Like, <laughs> like um, I, I just, there are aspects of this which are interesting. Um, but I think that we are kind of leaning towards earlier um, is that this movie focuses a lot more on immigrant populations, how, how they're affected. Um, that's, the, that's, like, the real focus of this, or... or immigrant populations and uh it's reflected through our main characters it's reflected through kind of our sub main characters and the antagonists who kind of promote them and, and what what the forever purge actually is um so mm-hmm. dan you want to just give a basic premise of what the forever purge is about like what this story is about sure uh so this is in terms of the political climate based on what i understand because i've only ever seen the first purge movie and i've kind of like read internet discussions about the other ones and saw the ricky morton ricky morty episode (laughs) and everything um but that uh dwells a little bit more into (laughs) sorry i do that um so yeah in terms of where the political climate of this forever purge movie is um, the form, the president who apparently retracted the purge in the last movie had her eight-year stint, and now a rival politician from the other party has been put back into power again, and they're reinstating the purge. Um, so what happens was, at the very beginning of the movie, the purge goes through, and honestly, for the most part, people make it out of their unscathed in terms of our central characters. They just hold themselves up, and then the next morning rolls around, they're all happy, good to go. However, what happens was the subset of people who, you know, are very, very frustrated, are, you know, little pride boy stand-ins, uh, they decide that they're going to continue the purge past the night, and instead of um stopping at 7 a.m they decide to continue it forever and go full-on mad max because they feel emboldened by the current political climate which is kind of what the movie touches on but not really that that's the impression i got would you agree with that yeah like, i i couldn't tell if did it feel like the forever purge was targeted at certain people in terms of like who they were immigrant yeah. hating what, what was that because white people yeah cause like, so because th- there's a lot of talk in in yeah. the forever purge about like and i can never really tell is like because there wasn't a lot of just like random looting going on it was very targeted it's like th- th- these forever purgers they call it like the ever after purge which what the fucking stupid line um, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's very much like it seems because the first forever purger we meet um in the film he's he's basically a, a guy who's a farmhand uh he doesn't seem to be richly motivated, but everyone we meet after that in the Forever Purge seems to very much be targeting immigrants, um, which seems interesting to me because, like, theoretically, the Purge wasn't about that. And it seems like, and I can't tell if the Forever Purge is about that or if that it's just because this takes place oh, in a border town where, like, that's yeah, so something that people this movie think about takes... more. I don't know. Yeah, this, this movie takes place in El Paso, and I think what happened was after the 2016 election when this movie was greenlit and started being a film, um, immigration was just such a hot topic at that moment. You know, Trump saying he was, he was going to build the wall and all of that, so they kind of catered this plot line towards it, and it, it, it's not very subtle. 
it's the conflict is immigrants versus proud boys who want to keep, you know, the race pure and all of that shit. Um, but it, it's definitely not very subtle out there. There's a lot of parallels between those proud boy types and the people, the, the forever purgers in this particular movie. Um, and our main character is actually two people who came on over here from Mexico into America for an immigrant life in El Paso to start a better life and all that and get caught up and swept up in this whole thing for their very first purge ever. But race is an absolutely major theme in this movie. Um, one of the other protagonists, he starts off the movie by saying, you know, I don't want my children or my child for, you know, his wife is pregnant. I don't want my pregnant wife's child, my child, to be raised by someone who doesn't speak English. I don't want Spanish being spoken around them. And his whole philosophy is, you know, I think whites should stick with whites and Mexicans should stick with Mexicans and, you know, we should all stick to our own race. And that's what he does. And what really bothered me, and is honestly, is I don't really felt that that was challenged at all by the end of the movie. Like, there was one scene at the very end where he says gracias to somebody else, but beyond that, there was no character growth with him. It's just, hey, we survived the night with our immigrant, you know, co-workers, and that's that. Yeah, no, So yeah, it, it was really weird. So, like, because, yeah, so as Dan mentioned, yeah, our, our main, and Owen's here, like, our, we have kind of like a, a, quad, a quad group. We have um, a husband and wife who who came over from Mexico who were fleeing, it sounded like, from the drug cartel. So that's interesting. They, they left they left Mexico to, to flee danger, essentially. Um, and then we have another husband and wife who are ranch owners in whom the, the husband of <clears throat> the other couple works for. Um, and then his sister-in-law, I think. Uh, so those are those are kind of our, our main people. And yeah, so like race is definitely a part of the beginning of it there's a lot of discussion and there's a lot of kind of our main our our uh male i think his name's dale what's his name uh dylan uh dylan dylan he's 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 like the ranch hand he's he's the son of the ranch owner and he's kind of entitled and doesn't really like uh the way that uh juan and his wife adela uh how the fact that they like they're actually better than him at hand on the horses but also you can tell that he has kind of a race issue and and the one time that's brought up um in the film is, is as you mentioned, like they, they have a conversation and basically the way it goes is he's like, hey, I don't think you guys are less than me. I don't think you're, you're wrong. I just think that we should stay with our own kinds. And it, it's weird because he says that and you and you see it and you're like, oh, okay, like this is an, like, this is this is somebody who's like, I'm not racist, but essentially is, is the way I read that. It was, it was kind of showing like how somebody who doesn't think that they're racist is still racist and like maybe like, yeah, that will change because it you know regardless of what you're saying you know, it's that separate but equal isn't equal kind of thing like mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I but it's never addressed again and nobody really says anything about it no one's like hey that's kind of like a weird fucked up thing to say man <laughs> like yeah it, it's more just like yeah like, like you said like it's it's a they become friends of not opportunity but they become comrades of necessity essentially um, and and the one, th- but there's no character growth. He he hold, It seems like he holds the same beliefs at the very end of the movie, which I felt was a very missed opportunity. Well, like the, the way that they show his progression is that he goes to save them. Like he teams up with with um, with Hispanic characters later in the show, in the movie, and then at the end, the one thing I think they seem to show that is that he introduces his baby to them at the end. He has a baby. His wife is pregnant at the end. She has her baby, and he introduces the baby to them. He's like, "Hey, this is Juan Nadella. This is my baby, baby." Um, I think that's supposed to be that. I guess, yeah. It's just, this, 
it, it seems like the, the whole thing with this movie is they tackle a lot of themes, a lot of very, very obvious on-the-nose themes in today's political cr- climate, but it really doesn't have anything interesting to say about it. No, I, I, think, I, think, it has uh-huh. I think it has something, I wouldn't say dangerous, but I think pushing his view of, like, as long as you're not violently against, I, I don't know how to say it, like, because I... I feel like some people think, or I, I don't know how you view it. I didn't view his, like, the perspective he, he gave the explanation wasn't satisfying to me. It wasn't, like, a an appropriate... And I don't think it was meant to be, now. But, like, but, but the way that it, it almost feels like it condones it to a degree. Because, like, I, that's, that's, like, it, it didn't feel like it was against what he said enough. Like, it didn't feel like there's any reaction to show that that's not how the, that that's not the authors thought was okay. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. And that, that was weird to me. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know. Like, All right. that, what else? Uh, overall, what do you think of this movie, though? Again, I, 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 I think like so. Part of the reason Dan and I aren't really discussing the plot too much is just because there's really much to discuss. <laughs> um, it's it's very much like every other Persian movie. Family goes around. Um, I I didn't. I think again. I think of them. It was the worst one in my opinion. Uh, especially because I think there were some interesting points. Like uh, other than that stupid fucking comment the guy made, um, there was a scene with Will Patton. Uh, which is great. Will Patton's movie for like five five whole seconds. He's the, the ranch owner, um, and when he is approached by a forever purger, um, he basically the forever purger is like, and this is I think is actually very indicative of, of our current time period, where these forever purgers are like, hey man, we're the forever purgers, you know, we're gonna lay down the law on society because society's fucked up and it's all these rich people doing all this stuff, and you know, our founding fathers, they're not those rich people, they're like on the other side of the law, which is again a great parallel to. Trumpism and this idea of, of like bringing these people in and being like, oh man, he's one of us. When clearly this man is nothing like you. This man is rich and everything. And Will Patton's character makes a great statement. He's like, so you're saying you know fuck rich white people, but you know who benefits the most from the purge, right? Like rich white people. And I think that was a very interesting comment to make. Uh, but again, it's never explored after that. <laughs> Will Patton exits the, the movie just as that theme does, like immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting, but other overall, like again, I think to me the thing that stands out the most about the purge is these the the purgers, the people who are like who have their death tra- trailers and tractors and shit, and the people who are like anytime they'd be yelled out like founding fathers, woo, like what fucking idiots, um, <laughs> uh, and just like the concept, you know, obviously to me it's uh, overblown. I think at this point, I think that it works better in a smaller context or in a examination of psychology but i think in movies like this where they just kind of make these like bloody over the top things and then kind of maybe make a political message at the end i don't think it's effective yeah definitely it's it's very yeah on the nose on that point um are there any scenes in this movie like i mean overall i think both of us really really particularly like this movie it, it to me it felt like the same thing you know the concepts on surface level is interesting but the actual execution is always very off mark, and I think you're kind of on the same page as me on that one. Yeah, no, like I, some scenes that I think are like any interesting deaths. Like I thought, thankfully it wasn't a death because it looked like a horrible way to go. But I thought that weird goat trap, yeah, <laughs> like that was interesting. So like, there's a scene where our main character Adela uh, goes in, like she she works at a meatpacking plant. She goes outside after the purge because it's kind of weird. She doesn't know what's going on. The forever purge hasn't ignited yet. Uh, at least hasn't been known. And she finds a trap, which is the most convoluted thing I've ever seen on Earth. But basically, it is a trap where there is a goat in a cage, and you go to free the goat. And if you free the goat and pull this lever, it flips you over on your back, 
and then slowly puts a um, what do you call those air air rifles? The the things that both the the animals had to kill it. Uh, cattle prod. Yeah, it's like the No Country for Old Men thing. It's like an air compressor or air pump or something like that. Yeah, that thing goes so, down towards her head. Uh-huh. Like really like heroin kind of idea but then like all i thought about was like the amount of ingenuity these guys put into this trap uh, mm-hmm. which also makes me wonder like is it because the, the conceit of the trap is that if you care about the goat you get caught if you try to free the goat you get caught <laughs> just like so people who try to save animals is that what that was against is that what that, like that was kind of like in my mind is like what's the point of that like cool trap but also what's the idea behind it um i thought that was interesting um but I think that was the only really creative kill or creative thing that happened in the film. I can't, I'm trying to think. I think, I think everything else was just gun and run, right? Yeah, definitely. It's just a lot of it just bled together for the most part, especially even the characters too. Um, the only scene that really stuck out to me, I was just like, ooh, I kind of like that scene, is when they're in the police van with the Nazi and uh, there's a whole bunch of guns going back and forth and the Nazi's just like, oh, that's an AR-15, that's a double-barreled shotgun, and they're trying to tense it up in terms of like, you hear all the gunfire going around around you, but you can't see it, and that one Nazi's getting really, really excited about it. Like, that guy was hamming it up hardcore, oh and I loved his performance. It was great. So entertaining to watch. I think that guy's like uh, half- but beyond that. I don't know, you? Hmm? I, I just feel like that's half yeah, the, but, the actors in the Purge movies are that guy. But they're either, either like a normal person <laughs> or you're that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it was very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Oh. A, a concept that I just realized, they keep hinting at Adela and Juan's past. And like, it's implied that they were, they were fleeing, uh, you know, some cartel. But like, what was Adela's past that she knew how to like you know rock like a a sniper rifle did they ever exactly say what it was (laughs) yes um and i don't remember actually seeing it in the movie but i did we could read reread the wikipedia summary because i was kind of like zoning out at certain points um she did or they did work for some like cartel at some points okay uh self-defense groups who trained them to fight against mexican drug cartels before they arrived to the united states okay interesting. Yep. so yeah that's that's kind of how she knew how to use weapons okay uh, yeah that's the one about that um uh, so another scene that for me that it wasn't a good scene it was a really dumb scene was the scene at the end where they all are uh, escaping into the mountains and they hide out in that weird shack and there's the weird motorcycle mm-hmm. guy and like like, I think that this movie almost, and again, like, like as, as a white guy talking about this, I don't, I don't know, but the, the scene of the uh, wizened uh, Mexican guy, like, and his bones and everything and, like, popping out and, like, hand-to-hand knife combat just felt very stereotypical to me. Like, it felt like a very, like, I don't know, outsider perspective that, I don't know. It, it seemed weird to me, some of the stuff they did that seemed like, I don't know, almost pushing it more towards like a tribalist kind of view, which was weird. I don't know. It seemed weird to me that some of the stuff, some of the, what they chose to do, which I'm hoping. It's like, okay, here's the basic cultural characterization of this character. What can we do to show the audience that he's this cultural exact- characterization? Exactly. Like, like yeah. he's a cultural guy. So clearly he doesn't have a, a, a MP5 like everybody else. He has a revolver and he has a knife and like a jawbone that he uses to kill people and a bow and arrow. And I'm like, yeah. that seems like. Like, I hope they had a consultant on that or something. It just seems, I don't know, it seems like the romanticism, like, you know, like how every Japanese guy in, a, in like, an action movie is katana at some point. It's like, it felt very much like that mm-hmm. to me, which didn't sit quite right. But again, if they had a consultant and it was cool, great. But I just, I don't know if they did and it felt kind of weird. Um, that, it just kind of felt off mm-hmm. to me. Um, 
But I will agree. I, I will say an interesting concept that they did point out is that yeah, again, um, Adelo and them fled the cartel to come to America, and they end up fleeing. And then, again, this may be kind of showing the accepting them of uh, kind of political times where they came to America during the during the time the, the purge didn't happen, and then when the purge came back, they flee back to Mexico. Uh, like, kind of the political climate and like you know fleeing war is something you do regardless of you know whatever side of the border you're on. It's you're what you're gonna do. Like it's. You know, like, and, and I think that the good thing to make a point to make at the end is that a bunch of Americans fled to Canada into Mexico because of the purge and because of what was going on, which is, I think, highlighting this idea that people leave their countries because of war, because of conflict. Like they, you know, it's like, I think it was an interesting way to point to how how going across a border can provide uh, safety. And I think it was maybe trying to handle that home from the, to the American perspective of like, this is why people cross the border for safety, for like, you know, like it's. Uh, I, I thought that was a that was a effective message they could have made, but I don't know if it was really emphasized as much as it should have been. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, I, thought, yeah. I think that's that's something to hammer home. And I think especially in a movie like this, which is commenting on immigration, I think showing that the reason people a lot of times have to immigrate is because of they're fleeing a worse situation. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was a that was a nice touch, but that wasn't really talked about. Um, yeah. And what do you think? Of, so the end, they, they mentioned that people fought back against the forever purgers. Did you think the end was hopeful? Because the, the end of this film, our main characters yes. flee, flee the country. And then we hear that, like, the forever purge exploded everywhere. Uh, you know, it's all major cities. And they start to imply that in some city, I think they call out New York and Boston, possibly, uh, start fighting back, essentially. Yeah, I, I kind of took that as a little bit hopeful, and then beyond that, maybe leave it room for a little bit more sequel. My whole big thing, though, is El Paso, Texas is right on the Mexico border. Um, I've actually been there for work a few times, and I actually looked up the demographic information right after this movie came out, because I was just like, I don't remember seeing that many white people down there when I was down there. Yeah, it's 80% Hispanic in that town. So if this did happen, and assuming we aren't, you know, importing Proud Boys from other neighboring counties, uh, yeah, that would be right out of town so fast. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they are implying that does happen. Though. I think they're implying, like, the whole group of, like, I don't know, military-styled activist i felt was very LARPers. on point yeah they, they had all those larpers yeah. in like camo and they're like oh it's the alpha and all that stuff like i thought like those were very uh on the nose <laughs> characters and like they're and they're weird kill trucks like again those are in, like every purge movie after the first one uh I, 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 and i will say and the second one it was more interesting not more interesting but it served a purpose it was literally just like guys who were into the purge who basically just loaded like a minigun onto the back of a truck and that's basically all they used. That's the reason why they drove the truck around was to move the minigun. And like, all right, I kind of get what we were doing. But then after that, it gets dumb. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't know how this, I don't know how I felt about the ending. I, I, I think it was hopeful, but I think it also wasn't, I don't know. At the same time. Yeah. So Cause it's, it's, that's that. All right. Yeah. So the burning, go ahead, and then we're going to finish up with our no, no. last big question. No, 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 we've gone. I, I, I'm just going to keep repeating myself. <laughs> All right, so the um, big burning question at the very end. So if the purge was real, what would you do? Assuming, like, you know, we wouldn't just cower somewhere or get protection or just try and make ourselves safe, you know, would you do anything during the purge? And if you were to do something, what would that be? So I'm, like, mad vanilla, like... <laughs> I, I would definitely be, like, afraid to do shit. Uh, 
you know, again, I, I would I would definitely die in the purge because I would think people are nice and like oh, just yeah, get fucking <laughs> murdered immediately. I would I'd probably just kill myself. I'm not gonna lie. If if like the purge actually happened, I would be like, fuck. All right, I'm out. Like, <laughs> to, to, my anxiety would kill me. I'd be like, oh god. I would like make like eight different safe houses inside safe houses and then die. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I, if if I were to be ballsy and I was like, I'm gonna be mad ballsy, I would probably like. I don't know. I, I, probably, I, I think looting would be my thing if I were to try anything because it's like l- less likely to hurt somebody or to get hurt in the process. I would like raid a bookstore or something. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't go after a PS4 or anything because that shit seems like everyone's going for that. I would try to like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe like break into a movie theater and steal some posters. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could do that. And then you would probably leave a note that would be like, sorry, just really wanted that, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> the predator poster or whatever yes no oh my god mm-hmm. i would now I would, I would go and break every copy of the predator that's in a i would go to a best buy and just break every copy of the predator <laughs> like, wow. i would draft a contract that says that uh shane black cannot direct a predator movie as long as he lives ever again i would i would, I would make my own predator actually no i would sell a bunch of bootlegs <laughs> yes see that, that, that's what the purge is for just go stand outside your house like yo guys i got just torrent every movie turn off your vpn just torrent everything like what Living life limelight. Yeah. Download all the all the Taylor Swift songs. But how about you? I would definitely download a car. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. You wouldn't download a car. So I would definitely download a car. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, no, not really. Like, I, obviously, I'm not interested in murder. I'm not interested in stealing so much. I mean, maybe if it was just like you know a big evil corporation like Walmart or something like that, maybe. But beyond that, not really. No. Um, Maybe if, like, I had a neighbor that was, like, abusing their animals or something like that, I would try and rescue the animals and give it to a homeless shelter or something. Or not a homeless, but an animal shelter or something. But beyond that, nah, not really. See, and I, um, I, I feel like the one thing that I think the first Purge did really well, not the first Purge, the original Purge did really well, is, is in addition to having the, you know, the, the contrasting, you know, again, the people who benefit from it and not, the other villains, the surprise villains at the end are the neighbors. And I think that was interesting. I think that's how. Luckily, I don't. Like, all of our neighbors think we're pretty good with and stuff. But I think that's how you get mm-hmm. fucked. Is you'd have that neighbor who fucking hates you or is competitive against you, mm-hmm. and then comes in and tries to kill you. To me, that mm-hmm. would be like actually that would be the hell. And I think that's that's the threat. Yeah. That's why I'm glad I don't know many of my neighbors. <laughs> so this is that. I think I never understand what I would do now. <laughs> so there are like one or two people who I genuinely hate. Like I, I get along with everybody, but I've had some really toxic coworkers before. I would go and put like sugar in their gas tank or something, Ooh. and that would be like the worst. That would be the absolute worst. But yeah, they. Yeah, my neighbors are great. I like my neighbors. Um, that's probably the worst thing I would do. Though. That'd be oh, dude, I would go break. So I live near a zoo. I would go break into the zoo. Like I'm not gonna let the animals out or something. I would just like go and try to like see them. You know, like <laughs> actually now they be pay for the zoo without. Yeah, people people probably like would probably try to let the animals out. I, mean, I wouldn't do that. But I would just kind of gotta try to go see them and be like, yo, animals, I'm, I'm near. Actually, this is so cool. you, you know the crime. You here to murder? No, I'm just here to see the animals. The crime I would commit, <laughs> I would go. We also live near a lake, and you're not supposed to go swim that lake. I would swim the fuck in that lake. I would feed all the geese and shit, where it's like, huge fine if you feed the geese. I'm like, yo, fuck you. And like, <laughs> throw food everywhere, like, panically, and they just go buy a bunch of Doritos and shit, and just spread them all over the ground. I'm like, whoa! Mm-hmm. And like, you, it says no feeding the waterfowl. Though, I think in the first purge, they say that emergency vehicles and stuff aren't, you aren't allowed to attack them. Um... I think that I mean that was the okay. rule. So like you know maybe you know honestly maybe I'd go like volunteer at, like a freaking like shelter or something like that because like 
if if that's a safe place to be and you're helping people out who are getting hurt as a result of it, that could be a pretty good easier time. Like it's a good day to volunteer, I suppose. Yeah, that that would do it. That'd be good. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, any final thoughts on the Forever Purge? Would you recommend seeing this movie? Would you? So I, I do. Th- I think that there's something we should mention briefly. Um, uh, there was a shooting, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah there there is a couple that was killed. You know, it's a, it's a tragedy that happened. Um, and it happened at this film that was showing uh, a month or no, week or two ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, and again, I, I don't think it's tied to this movie at all um, by any means. It's a shame. So I, I, I do think that like the one thing that's important about this movie is, and thing I don't like about this movie is how it glorifies violence. And I think that it is important to note mm-hmm. that like I'm not blaming this movie for it, what happened by any means. And I don't, and I think it's dumb to blame media for that. But I, I do think that part of what the film is does comment on. I think what the series should serve as is a commentary of kind of how this kind of violence isn't appropriate i guess like i don't know i i I feel like that this is a vehicle for how this how the purge is a dumb idea and is a scary idea and how like these kind of atrocities being normalized is a terrible thing um so i just think that's worth mentioning that like i don't know somebody to be able to lose their lives and it's really unfortunate um again not blame the movie but yeah, definitely. It kind of ties back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this episode in terms of, you know, the, this could... There are people out here who are going to see this movie and think to themselves, oh man, The Purge is fucking awesome and I really wish The Purge was real so I can go out and purge people. And just like the Wolf of Wall Street example, that's that's not what the movie's about. And I'm sorry you're too stupid to get it, but that's really kind of how it is. Um, so yes, don't, don't do a purge. This is our PSA. Don't do a purge. Um, but that does kind of go back into the example of the movies in terms of what is the responsibility for a movie to put forward. What type of propaganda is it putting back into the cultural zeitgeist and what responsibility should it take for it? And I'm very much, for the most part, on the side of you can film whatever you want, but you do have to be conscious of how it's going to impact society as a larger whole. Yeah, and I was like, I was surprised. I knew a bunch of middle school students who had seen all the Purge movies, and mm-hmm. that oh, that yeah. was interesting to me. Like they had the Purge masks and stuff, and I always thought that was kind of weird. Because again, like I think the first movie is an interesting concept, but I do think that kind of like how I think the later Saw movies. Like I think the first Saw is a great movie, and I think it's a great, interesting concept. But some of the later ones glorify the violence and the traps more than they do the message behind it. And I think Purge, the Purge, mm-hmm. has kind of gone that way, and it kind of tries to shoehorn a political message in it to make it still seem relevant. But we know that's not why these, why these movies are being made um, realistically. Um, yep. But again, not blaming this movie, the movies for the incident at all. I think that's definitely not. Yeah. It's a little bit too far, but yeah, it, 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 it's, you know, whenever a tragedy happens, we always look to answers. We always try and figure out why. And uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of fingers pointed at the movie for because of it. Yeah. No, but I hope, 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 yeah, hopefully not. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, out of that sour note, or not sour note, but out of that sad note, unfortunately, um, uh, I, I would want to. I do want to mention because before we forget, um, one of our listeners and our friends in the podcast we talk to very often is actually be starting their own podcast soon. Um, so if you guys uh, follow, uh, you may already follow them on um, Instagram, but they have always been like great supporters and like really just nice a nice guy uh a swedish horror nerd i think his podcast is gonna be called something similar so if you guys want to uh follow him on instagram or uh try to find his podcast i don't think it's up yet uh but he is gonna start i think he's gonna start by reviewing the halloween films um Ooh. and then i think he's gonna try to lead up to halloween kills uh which is coming out 
in a couple months now. Jeez. Uh, if it yeah, doesn't get delayed, close. but except somebody, I think they're delaying Venom and stuff, so maybe they'll delay that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But so that, that's coming up. Uh, he's a great guy. Always, he always, uh, always talks to them through Instagram and stuff. He's uh, really great. I'm really excited to, to listen to his podcast. So you guys should definitely check that out as well. Definitely. Same here. And speaking of which as well, uh, thank you so much to our opening theme song. That is Teddy's Atlas with the song Horror Movie Story. You can get them off the album Children of the Corn. They're good, good Canadian boys. Any final thoughts, Andrew? I don't know. Uh, Dan, do we have a, a movie lined up for next whatever it is? I want to fucking do Fear Street. I want to do all three Fear all right, Street movies. All right. But, you know, we'll see what, what's, what's going on there. I, You've seen the first. You haven't seen the other two yet. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. And I, I will say the first one I wasn't impressed with, but it sounds like the second one's right up my alley, so that might rekindle my my hope uh yeah first one was by far the worst we do just like one long episode what what, what would be the the plan for that we'll have to play it we'll have to figure that out we could do one whole episode we could do like three mini episodes that we release throughout the week i don't know we'll have to we'll have to workshop it a little bit but let's see if that happens yeah i'll I'll watch the rest of them all right sounds good all right well thank you all for listening so much stay groovy and have a wonderful day bye